right, we're on. We're on, we're live. All right. Welcome into the Not Half Wrong Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Zach. And we're here today. I have a really important question for you right off the bat. It's going to really put you on the spot. Great. When the plane lanes when you're traveling, do you stand up immediately and wait in the aisle? Or do you wait for the people in front of you to go? I immediately stand up because I'm already irritated. I've had to sit as long as I did. So I'm that guy that will jump up to stand there the moment the seatbelt sign goes off. Wow. Now I know exactly how this episode's going to go. <laughs> what is this I episode, so I feel like you're dead serious about that, too. 100%. Girl. Yeah, I'm not going to get stuck in there. And God no, forbid I have the aisle seat and you've got the window. not going anywhere. Listen, I'm standing. It's all about variety. Do you get off the plane any sooner? Brian, before we get into this, why don't you tell the listeners what this is all about today? Business and leisure travel tips with Brian and Zach. <laughs> We're talking travel tips. So, I, I, listen, I hate to put you on the spot there, but I just I had to get that out of the way just to see. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. I am that guy. I will stand up. I will I will make it so you can't stand up because I'm not going to be crowded in the aisle either. You play zone defense? Like Z- just, zone D, baby. Oh, my God. All day long. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about the most annoying things people do when traveling. That's number probably one, one of them. <laughs> number one. Um, yeah. So I guess that's what we're going to talk about today is just some, uh, you know, little tips and tricks, but like maybe some like broader picture stuff as far as like, you know, business travel, how it's affected you personally, like, you know, stuff like that. But um, do you have any other really annoying things people do when traveling? Maybe you have one that. I mean, there's like a whole process to it. You know, and, and I can tell you that like traveling with family can be the absolute worst, yeah, especially when yeah. you're like, so at some point, none of us knew how to travel. And, right. and there is a thing like, oh, I can get to the airport and get on a plane too. No, there's like a thing to travel from the moment, you know, where you're going and when you're leaving to when you get back. And when you travel as much as like, we'll just say like business guys who travel do, yeah, you get very good at this. And then when you have to take like your inexperienced 10 year olds and your wife, who's been on a plane very few times, you know what I mean? It is like excruciating. Yeah. That's a, that, that's gotta be one of the toughest things to do. It's hard. I always tell people, it's like, you know, now again, we all love taking our kids somewhere so they get new experiences, but they're like, Oh, how was your vacation? Like a vacation is when it's like me and my wife or me and my friends. When you take the kids somewhere and they're getting older, so this is getting much better. It's not a vacation. It's taking the kids somewhere. Taking the kids There's somewhere. a huge difference. <laughs> you're catering to the kids. That's that right. Because your whole time you're there to make sure they enjoy themselves. It yeah. ain't like you're going like, to leave them in the hotel room by yourself and then like you and whoever are going to go grab a drink at the bar. <laughs> you know. Now, at some point, they'll be old enough that that'll be the thing. And then it'll be so fun. Yeah. I think okay. That's... And then when it's like deep sea fishing trips and the kids are into that and like stuff, it gets different. But like when it's like going to the amusement park to do like Harry Potter all day. Mm. Not, not that like Disney's very cool, man. It's like, take my money. They've got it figured out. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Exactly. But it's just, it's a different experience. But that's a whole nother tangent. Yeah. So do you want to get like... I just want to know if you like hate people that clap when the flight lands. I think that's a European thing. Really? Yeah, because I've, I've... Now again, I've experienced it on, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, intranational flights, not international. Domestic flights, we'll call them that. Yeah. Uh, but on international flights, that's a big thing. And it seems like there's always like a European influence behind it. Do you think that's because there's a body of water involved? Um, it could be. 
you know, and you my, spent all this time. My view, my view, my view on it could be because I've personally logged about three hundred takeoff and landings. That's not an exaggeration, and okay. no one clapped for me when I landed. You're you're only in there with like an instructor. I'm there by myself most of the time. But like air traffic controls, no, they know that I touched down. You think they're clapping in the tower? Maybe I just couldn't hear them. Did you buzz it? You need to buzz the tower. To I let don't know. know. My plane wouldn't buzz the tower. <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, can I crash the tower? You could try to buzz the tower. <laughs> it would not have the same effect. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so that was you know just right off the bat here. But yeah, I guess you know what are some recent travel stories, like experiences you've had recently? Where have you gone? Um. Besides Mexico. your 300 takeoffs and landings. Yeah, and they were mostly in a circle. Now, was it an even number, 300? Obviously, it was, it was an even number. I think it was 278, which that's close enough to round to 300. Yeah, so I was saying, like, obviously, 278 takeoffs. And landings. And landings. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't land, you're either still in the air or you crashed. Right. Well, no, technically, you did land. You just well, every landing's a controlled crash at the end of the day, unless you fly it onto the runway. I think we're always flying. There's always space in between us and the ground at all times. Sure. Every every object is always in motion. Per my physics class, next episode. Go <laughs> okay. ahead. Recent, so anyway, so recent travel. Stories. So recent travel. I'm trying to think right. I, I went to Florida a lot, um, specifically like Satellite Beach and Cocoa Beach. Mm-hmm. And I flew into um, Sanford, Orlando, which is not MCO. It's like SFJ or FJB, whatever it is. FJB. Mm-hmm. Get it? Mm. Got it. Um, but... Uh, so that's a really, really easy airport. And I flew out of Allentown, PA, ABE. Okay. Yep. So the beautiful thing about these smaller airports, and, and I, this is in contrast to Philly, PHL, or Newark, or, or JFK, is that there's less people there. So they're a little, TSA is a little bit less on guard the whole time, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And it's more like that hometown feel. So when I flew to Florida, and we were looking at buying a house down there, which I'm actually glad our offers didn't get accepted now that the market's coming wow. back down. Yeah. But this, this was all tail end of last year, a little bit of this year. So eight, eight times pretty rapid fire over the course of three months, like putting offers and flying down, touring stuff, and in and out trips, man, like there for a night and back. Mm-hmm. But when you fly into like a small airport like Harrisburg or Allentown, dude, you if your flight departs at 7.45 a.m., you can show up at 6.45 and have all the time in the world to board and everything else. Now, I'm not recommending yeah. this. And God forbid you show up to Philly that late. You ain't making it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a little tougher. Yeah, I mean, but it's like you park. It's not 10 miles away or you can't figure out how to get into the terminal. So you're roaming through the parking garage between A East and A West trying to figure out where, like, the little transit connect thing is. You know, you park in the parking lot. You grab your stuff. You walk in. And boom, you're in line to check in. Right. You know, TSA moves pretty quick. Even though there's only a couple agents working, like it's still, what do you have in line at a given time? 30 people? Where at Philly, you have five gates of 500 each or whatever yeah, it is. Like it's crazy. It's a lot. So, so the awesome thing about this, you go through, don't check a bag. Mm. It's not necessary. Don't do it. Unless you're going to like move somewhere and like you're packing your life and you're going to take it with you in totes. Okay. Don't check a bag. Like, take a carry-on, take your personal item. So what I do, I've got my Condor um, briefcase, what you're looking at right now. Okay, I fit everything in that. I could shove a fleece in if I have to. It's got my iPad. It's got my Microsoft Surface, extra chargers, snacks, whatever, all in there. And then my duffel bag, which I just have a typical run-of-the-mill duffel bag that I throw all my stuff in. You learn how to fold it nice so it doesn't get all screwed up and how to tuck your shoes into the sides because then it gives it rigidity so it doesn't collapse 
Like these are all like pro tips. Okay, well, we're gonna get into pro tips. Yeah, we're, so we're so really kind of jumping ahead here. But hey like... man, we're rolling right through it. Process. Okay, <laughs> so then you go in, you're in and out, you're done. Now the key is right when you get in to check in. There's usually two lines going, no matter where you're at, even at a small airport. Yeah, don't get in the line with senior citizens or young kids because like that kid somehow has like a toenail clipper shoved in his pocket that he wanted to take yeah. with him to you know or who knows. And like you look for who's gonna jam you up, and sometimes you'll take the line that's twice as long because you that. know that family is gonna have to check all that formula, and it's gonna be a disaster. <laughs> you know, because they're gonna be like, "What is this? Well, it's frozen, you know, breast milk or whatever," and they're gonna like TSA is gonna have a conniption, and, and yeah. you know what I mean. So like, literally, look at where you're going. So that's like the big thing, and then if you can fly into a small airport, do it. I like the small airports. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I just flew out of Trenton the other like during the summer, and it was like it felt really small. Quaint. You did have to walk out onto the runway to board the plane. That's but, cool. That's yeah. You like great. walk up the little like movable yeah. staircase, or or just step on the flight like the flight deck. Yeah. Right. It, it was a par- It was a party though. Like it was very like you know it was one big room where everybody's waiting. There was a bar there. Like where was this at? <clears throat> it sounds like Puerto Rico. That's kind of how it was down there. Yeah, for that's us. How, it kind of reminded me of like I was in Punta Cana. Punta, okay, me. there you go. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah, this very small, like quaint airport. Like I was, yep. waiting, I was looking for like a thatch roof somewhere. You know, literally. Could, I feel like all those ones down in the Caribbean stuff, they're all like thatch roof. But yeah, 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 it was a fun time. Yeah, I flew out of Philly too this summer, and and that, well, actually, the TSA wasn't that bad there either. No, it's it, you know they haven't fully rebounded yet from the whole, you know mm-hmm. twenty twenty issues. Um, but like when it was like booming before that, dude, Philly was a nightmare. Yeah, I can and imagine. and Philly, you know, and I know this from flying now. They have some of the worst traffic control issues. And it could just be because of like, you know, I don't want to call it jet streams, but like wind direction that they're bringing these planes on around. But like a lot of times when you get delayed there, it's like plane couldn't land, plane didn't come in low enough, like whatever it is. Like they have major air traffic issues, more so than anyone else I've flown into. Hmm. Interesting. Whatever, you know. Um, I fly out of there a lot. Now, if you're going international, we're going to Newark or Philly. Like there's, you don't really have a choice. Yeah. But if I have the choice of flying domestic, and it's the difference between being 15 minutes from my destination or an hour, depending on where I fly into. I'd rather take the small airport and drive an hour to get to where I'm going. Yeah, okay. That's how bad I dislike the big airports. Understood. All right, so we're going to talk, like, just some big picture stuff. Like, yeah. How does, like, traveling, has, how's it affect you? Like, it's like, how's it affect you personally? Like, what, like what experiences. type of experiences? Like, how, how does it help you professionally? That, that type of stuff. So, more so international travel than domestic, but there's things to be learned domestically also. So, if you ever talk to somebody that never really left their hometown, have you? Like, somebody just really hasn't, you know, seen anything? I, I Yes, I've, I have a friend that I feel like his vacations where he's gone to like lake houses are him driving 20 minutes up north and, and whatever. Yeah. Okay. Or, and just staying in a house with the people he knows already and never yeah. seeing anything outside of that. And it's like, is that, I mean, that's a vacation, but like, no, listen, it's not that those people can't be smart or successful. So don't anybody take offenses that hasn't got to travel, but there, there's something enlightening about traveling relatively far away from where you're at. So like, let's compare Pennsylvania. Okay. You're not going to get too much of a different experience in Philadelphia or New York, okay? No, those are both within an hour and a half reach of us, okay? Yeah. Um, you'll learn something about urban and city life, okay, that we don't have here because we don't have skyscrapers and the crazy traffic and things like that. 
But until you go like north for far enough to like Boston, where now you're getting into number one a different accent. Oh yeah. But also some little different practices and Pittsburgh. Sure. And this is like as close as I can be with getting a different experience. The people out there, just by talking to them, interacting and watching them, you'll learn how there's a bigger picture to like your little zone you're in. And then when you go a couple states away, okay, so now like let's say you go all the way up to Maine. Mm. Much slower lifestyle, much more appreciation for the outdoors. Um, you know, maybe a little different work ethic than what you'd encounter in the cities down here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then you go south. And I'd say as far south, you could start to see this in southern Delaware. It's about as close as it happens in parts of Maryland. But once you get like North Carolina, man, those people down there are so nice, dude. Like, we love going to the Outer Banks every year. Yeah. And just because like everybody's nice, they're happy. Now it is kind of like a vacation town. So that's probably right. like inherent of it, <laughs> but still, man, like everyone's relaxed down there. Yeah, yeah, dude, and it's just and they're polite, and they'll tell you so. Like up here, you go into a fishing shop, and you're not from that area, and you ask for advice, oh. they're gonna tell you to buy corn. Yeah, <laughs> like oh yeah, just throw some <laughs> yeah. corn up there. Whoa, uh oh, there Uh-oh. we go. Sorry, Uh-oh. man, I bumped the cord there. Oh, so, uh, but they'll tell you to buy corn. Like yeah, throw that in your cast up. You get out of North Carolina, they're like, dude, here's the five things to buy. Don't waste your money on that. Get some mm-hmm. cut bait. Here's the knife and the pad. And, and you're out the door for 25 bucks, and you are set for the weekend. Yeah, you got it. Because <laughs> they take care of it. Just there's no, like, BS down there. It's like, hey, if you're a good person, man, I'll help you out. Yeah, right? no, that's it. So and then, obviously, Texas. There's some things. Everything's bigger in Texas. Bigger homes, like, bigger cars. Big, you know, And, again, some of that's, like, an affordability thing. Like, because things are more affordable in Texas because there's so much land. So the demand isn't, you know, I mean. The, yeah. And this is changing as we go, especially Austin. Austin got real expensive. Mm-hmm. But, like, Austin's weird. And then, like, and we're just, like, one more to hit. Like, Colorado, Arizona, beautiful dude. Colorado, major, like, stoner vibe out oh, there for man. the most part. Man. Like, I just want to, like, go rafting and snowboarding. You know what I mean? Like, that type of thing. Uh, but, again, big outdoor embrace. Yeah. And then you get into, like, San Francisco and L.A., which, I, which I've been to. And I'm sorry, San Francisco, San Diego. Okay. okay. L.A., I only flown in and out. I didn't spend a lot of time there. But also two very different towns. But you got to get a vibe for that whole California thing people talk about. So just All by going vibe. there, not even leaving the country, you become like, I'd say, number one, more self-aware. And number two, more tolerant. Because like maybe there's something about somebody that's just like, well, why are they like that? Like they're from here. Well, now if you know kind of where they came from or where their parents came from, and that's why they have this little different look or different attitude about things, right. you kind of appreciate it because you're like, oh man, that's like a California thing. That's cool. I get it. You know, versus like I grew up on this farm, <laughs> yeah. I never left, and this is how it should be because you never had those exposures. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that, that's how I feel too. You know, I feel like from a young age, um, I, I I didn't realize how much traveling I did until like later in life. I I like comparing myself to other friends and stuff like that was my dad, my grandpa had a business where it like found us traveling to conventions and car shows and like all different types of different stuff. And like, by the time I was 18, I was in like 37 different States. Yeah. Spent a week in Iowa or new Orleans. Like, and these were like really fun experiences. You know, my dad just made it a point to like take me along, you know, and you know, help with whatever they're doing. And it was, it just changed me. Like, I, I don't know, you talk to somebody and, like, you know, they haven't left their hometown. And Remember paid. the, like, the Salem Witch Trials thing you used to do? Yeah, that's what we used to do. Yeah, that was, oh, that's man. such a cool story. That was, it, that's, that, that, they were a lot of fun. I think we went up there, or I, they did it every year, but I think I was on three or four trips at least and just had a blast, you know, and that, like, 
like the the weirdest thing about that was like you know these life experiences they do a the sound they actually reenact the trials right so they have like a, a courtroom and the the audience gets to participate in like the voting type. oh yeah yeah so like my grandpa like we have 50 people in there from our bus trip he his idea is to dress up like the devil and uh one of the things that one of the witches said in the trial was like she woke up to someone that looked like a half a chicken and half a gorilla yeah that and this was, was premonition yeah so he gets me dressed up in this getup, right? <laughs> so, right. So you're half chicken, half gorilla, <laughs> under like jumping a, around a stage. Yes. Yeah. In a cloak, like I was under a cloak, like the whole thing, and then like he is he when he gave me the cue, I was to pop out out of the thing. These people that were doing the putting on the play, the actors had no idea this was going on, and it was like they were just stunned that like they people actually would do this. It was and there's pictures and stuff. I'm like, how did my grandpa ever talk me into that? I was like an angsty teen. Yeah, but you had no problem doing it. It was fun. It was fun. And he did it for him because. He got a kick out of it. Yeah, it was his thing, you know. It was like his that's highlight cool. of his life, you know. Was, let's, let's get him to all these shows up. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, just the, the life experiences you get are, are, are great. And, you know, if you're if you're someone that, you know, hasn't traveled a lot, you know, just taking a road trip somewhere, getting a different, like, view of something is, is helpful. You know, you can just do Road that. trip's a good point. Yeah. And you've done a lot more. I'm not a big fan of being cooped up in a car with people. Yeah. I've been cooped up in a car with you, and it was interesting. That wasn't so bad though because like we kind of controlled our destination. Yeah. But like when you're stuck with like family or or numerous age groups, I got to stop and go to the bathroom. Oh god, dude, it drives mm-hmm. me nuts. We go on this like when we get on this is a funny one, dude. Like I hope my wife listens to this because she's gonna like slap me for this. <laughs> we get on the Outer Banks every year. And every year, my wife insists on stopping to get breakfast on the way down. So we leave the house like five six a.m. Mm-hmm. and we'll hit like a McDonald's in like Maryland or Delaware on the way south. Yeah, and she and I'm like, okay, we'll hit the drive-through. We'll just get a sandwich or a hash brown, and the kids can just get a drink, and we'll keep going. No, she wants the kids to get like syrup and hot cakes oh, and like man. the whole deluxe breakfast. I'm like, why? <laughs> so now, like, I get so fed up with dealing with it in the car because it was a total mess. And the first thing you do when you go on vacation, you clean your car before yeah, you, you go. Detail. So now it's hogged the whole week with like <laughs> sticky syrup. So now we like stop. And they go into the restaurant and they sit down and eat. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just not going to rush. Who cares if this is what they want to yeah. do? You know? And like, I try not to eat. I usually, actually, I'll stop at Wawa when we get gas and I get my typical, like, zero calorie, zero sugar energy yeah. drink. And like, they don't get any because they want to stop me. I'm like, hey, you guys want to go there? No problem. Tradition. Right. right. No, it's a tradition. But, That's good. But it's just one of those, it's like when you're with other people, dude, you just like sometimes got to fight <laughs> through it and go with the flow. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this, but fine. You know? Yeah. All right. I'll do it. I'll go to the diner. <laughs> right. Know? Exactly. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that, you know, that when you're on the road trip, I think that's important because I, I know some people that are like, you know, they have a, they have an eight hour trip and like they want to just, they can have an hour-long conversation how they shave five minutes off here and like you know I just I rushed through it I didn't get out and of we the do that once. like we race on the way down right? yeah like there'll be like two ways you can go like and I'll have ways and Google up and I'll run them both at the same time <laughs> and kind of compare and I'll like quick take this exit so like my brother-in-law can't follow me and then we'll end up at the exact same place behind each I'm like damn it I thought I had him you know what I mean it's funny yeah I feel like it's like when you when you're on a road trip and you have to do overnights like a road trip where it takes you where you can't you can't go straight through like it makes it gives you perspective like you know what take that stop and get yourself a meal and 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 sit down and and like that extra 15 minutes is not gonna kill somebody no you know in that situation i think it's a little bit different because you're you're not trying to set the pole position record right but like when it's an eight hour drive it's like dude i just want to get home when it's a 22 hour drive then it's like screw it 
Yeah. You just get 22, 24, there. who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Have you done like the RV trip yet? Because this is like my, my family's been wanting to do this. And I'm talking like class A, maybe a CDL level RV, mm-hmm. like the bus. And you rent this and you go see everything one summer, take like three weeks, tour all four points of the United States and come back. See, I did that when I was uh, 15 or 16 with with my dad and uh, with my family, and it was in a Hyundai accent. <laughs> so take the high class RV and put it in a small Hyundai. People smallest car sleep it on top of each other. Oh. The car stinks by the end of the trip. Dude, it's like it sweat. Yeah. Brutal. And like, you know, I'm like 16. I just hate everything. Yeah. Everything's like. And everyone. Yeah. Like my dad, like, he's like, you're going to read on this trip. I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to read. And like, would you get me? He bought me a Harry Potter book. And like, I just, I respect Harry Potter now, but I just wasn't into it. Yeah. I wasn't having it. Like I didn't read it. I, I would just keep it like away from me at all times. Like, hey, you read your book? I'm like, no, I'm not reading no, the damn I'm Harry Potter. I'm, I'm not doing it. I get sick in the car when I read. <laughs> yeah, I get sick. <laughs> I actually did get car sick a lot when I was a kid. Oh, me too. I still time. do. If I'm not, that's why I always drive. I'm always the one. Yeah. Because yeah. I just, and it's, everyone's like, oh, it's a control. No, it's not a control thing. It's a motion sickness thing. Yeah. If I ride in the plane with someone else, I get sick. When I'm flying, I'm fine. Huh. Weird. Yeah, I, I, I used to get, like, when I was in the back seat as a kid, like, a couple times, I had to stop. Like, they didn't stop, and, like, I had to get sick on the side of the road. Yeah. Like, it, it's pretty bad. Actually, that carried into, like, my professional career selling cars. On a test drive, you sit in the back seat. And you're getting woozy. And I would, man. I swear. It's a, Especially I with the heavy breakers. Yeah, that got the heavy breakers. Oh, it's yeah. the worst. I, I, so it, I, got, I got over it quickly because of just repetition. You just get over it. It's somehow. just like being seasick. Like you can go out yeah. three times at the worst seasickness, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, Well, being seasick kind of is a good segue into the, talking about the worst parts of traveling. <laughs> that could be one, right? It is. <laughs> it, it is. You know, um, so I... I I went on the scuba trip to Puerto Rico, and it wasn't a scuba trip. My wife and I went to Puerto Rico, um, and this was the first time after the kids were born that my parents, they were old enough, my parents could kind of watch them. It was fine. Mm-hmm. So we went down there, and um, I never went scuba diving before, and I was like, you know, I'm going to check this out. And they had this, like, kind of, they probably pushed our limits a little bit, and I'm a good swimmer because I was on a swim team growing up, so I'm not phased by it. My wife can swim, but not as good, and she's not real comfortable with it. So they strap you up with all this gear and they give you like the five second crash course as you're waiting for the boat to get loaded on what to do. And then like you strap up and jump in, you know, and we were, we were off the coast, a, a decent clip, you know, probably not 10 miles, but you're out there and for, if we're on the boat, man, and it's a, it's a scuba boat. So it's like a flat deck, like, you know, roof mm, over yeah. with seats around the outside. So you can sit down, put your gear on and dude, it started to get that rock. And I'm like, Oh man, here we go. And I'm like, they could, everybody could see I'm getting sick. And I'm like, I am not giving up on scuba. I've wanted to do this my whole life. I'm doing it. <laughs> so I found this, the guys, the, and the dudes are like real cool down there. And I saw this island in the distance. It's actually the island from Pirates of the Caribbean where they leave Johnny Depp and they like sail away and he's left by himself. Oh. That's the island. Like in real life. So it's cool. He's like, just focus on that island and forget about movement. Well, that's what I did. And I, and I was like, okay, like not okay. Like, you still had that, like, underlying, like, nausea, but I was able to control it. Mm. Well, then I thought, well, by the time I jump in the water, I'll be fine. Well, dude, when there's waves on the top of the water, there's waves in the water. So now I'm, you know, 60, 70 pounds of scuba gear in the water, not fully comfortable with the equipment yet, and we are getting beat around in the water. Mm. So until we got down maybe, I don't know, dude, 30 feet to where then it's, like, pretty calm. But being topside, you're getting smacked with waves. It was real choppy. It was it was pretty rough. Like I'm pretty sure I threw up underwater, 
You know what I mean? I was good oh, enough to take the regular out. And, dude, all the fish, like, gave, and ate it all up real quick. I'm like, oh, it's so gross. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah, man. They see that, and they come chomp it all. The little fish oh, come and eat it. Oh, God. It's gross. It's it, gross. Hey, you got farther than me, man. I, I went snorkeling in Punta Cana and had a panic attack immediately getting into the water. Really? Like, big So time. you're not real comfortable with the water either, then? When no. it's deep like that. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, they put us... I, I, this is a couple nights as a 17-year-old having 8 to 10 tequila bam-bams. Right, so you were banged the, up to yeah. begin with. And, and, yeah. You know, I'm already kind of like just iffy as it is. And as soon as I went onto the water, there was just schools of fish around me. I, I immediately just got freaked out and was like flailing around in the water. Can't man. do this. Can't There's a hammerhead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I feel like we're not meant to go in the ocean. I just can't do it, man. It's, you know, a large body of water is way different than, like, the pool you hang out with at your friend's house. Beyond just being able to stand. Like, you know, because, like, the pressures are different. The, you can sink more. Like, there's all kinds of things. Like, if you ever try to go, like, underwater in a hot tub, it's very hard to do because of buoyancy and everything else. Yeah. It tries to force you out. Well, you're in a big body of water. If you're used to playing around in, say, a 30,000-gallon pool, which is a big residential pool, and you jump in the ocean – Everything's different now. You got to fight. You got to tread water. Like so, I get it. I totally get it. (laughs) But anyway, so that was that was kind of a rough experience. Um, On the one trip, was that Puerto Rico or was that somewhere else? I think this was also the Puerto Rico trip, and this was when like we first started flying, right? So we're going back. This this is like what year is it now? So the kids were born in like 2010. So we're looking like circa 2012, right? Mm-hmm. So things were still pretty lax by most standards. You know what I mean? And it was, pre- it was post 9-11, so it was a little bit more security. But I didn't check in on my phone because the last time I flew was pre 9-11. And there it was still acceptable to show up, print your ticket, that is your check-in, you're done. Mm-hmm. Well, post 9-11, now all of a sudden it's like check-in 24, 24 hours ahead hours. of time. Yeah. I didn't know this, right? So we show up, and I'm all stressed out because I like working. I had just got one of my like real business jobs, and um, like this is the only vacation I could take. I was kind of stressed to take it, but we needed to get away. And dude, we showed up, and they're like, "Sorry, you don't have a seat." And I lost my mind. I'm like, "What do you mean? I spent like 800 bucks a piece for these tickets. What do you mean I don't have a seat?" Well, sir, we didn't have you checked in. I'm like, "I'm here. I bought the ticket." Oh man! And because I didn't check in the day before, and the flight was overbooked, someone else took my seat. Dude, crazy. That's <laughs> so. Luckily, that's we only lost like two hours. They like, I, and I was like belligerent, mm-hmm. like so angry. Because and the fact that I really didn't have the control I have now, but they really get us on another flight and fly us to like St. Martin, and then we went from St. Martin to, to Puerto Rico or whatever that island is down there. But we made it, but like not as smooth as it was supposed to be. Yeah, that's so a, that was a a, that story. was probably the most stressful thing ever. Yeah, and, and and I guess that's like one of the things I was thinking about is just like time like wasted in the airport for delays and stuff like that. And I had a I, I went to Florida for a wedding this summer, and my, on my way back I had like the worst delay ever. Like I, I don't know, I, I keep hearing about reading about it on the, the news and stuff like that, and like planes are being delayed, and like it hit me like I had a Sunday morning flight or Sunday afternoon at three p.m. out of Florida, out of Fort Myers, and uh, it got delayed. I got there at twelve, so I was there three hours early i got there early i just wanted to relax and just kind of unwind but like every like 20 minutes it would delay an hour oh like it'd be like three turning to four four was like five was that was that storm related is that what it was or what no oh not staffing it was a staff related issue it was like there was a staff that that got held up in dc somewhere else and now they didn't have enough hours to make the next trip because an hour thing yeah so like my flights it's like seven o'clock at night now 
they're saying 10 o'clock is when it's going to take I'm off. guessing you're like sloshed by now at the airport no, right now. that's the thing. And <laughs> you're I trying wanted to stay to. sober? I yeah. wanted to stay sober because of the anxiety. I was like, I wanted to stay alert when if, with any announcement. Like, I was sitting there like, I need to know exactly couldn't what's going to relax. Yeah. Yeah, like, I couldn't, like, I didn't want to put my headphones on because it, it, every, like, hour they would come on. The people at the desk would, like, come on and explain the situation, like, yeah, and if you miss it, like, good luck finding out who's even Dude, talking. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. And, like, you know, and the guys, I was sitting, luckily I was sitting with some guys that were, like, they were kind of giving me the heads up on, like, what to do. But, like, it eventually it was getting close to that 10 p.m. And eventually they just said, oh, never mind, we're 7.45 in the morning on right. Sunday. And Here's I your voucher for your shitty hotel. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. luckily that actually ended pretty, because even early on I started, when I seen the delays, I started looking at the other airline, Frontier. It was an American Airlines flight. And I'm sitting there looking at Frontier. Yeah, maybe I'll just buy another one for 400 bucks yeah. and get out of here. That's exactly yeah. what I did. Yeah. And it was like getting close. And I knew people were, as soon as they said delay. Yeah, everyone's booking something else. Yeah. So I ran all, all the way across the airport and bought a ticket like at the counter and got on. It was like the last seat on this flight, man. Yeah. It was brutal. And that one, so it flew into Philly at midnight, over after midnight. And this is, um, it was a hot landing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coming in hot. Like and like Frontier, man. They, I, I love them for for short flights. They're kind of like it's like taking a shuttle bus somewhere. But yeah. like, you know, I mean, it was like pouring rain. So I guess I understand it. But man, she, this he he let this plane down, and it was like boom. You know, and they, they got on. They were like joking about it, like oh, we're coming in hot a little bit here on in Philadelphia. And like I was like. My, my stomach is like in knots right now. I feel like I'm gonna die. I'm like <laughs> really bad. You know, it, it was it was it was a disaster. So like, you know, I, on a delay like that, like I guess you know, and you're a really interesting case because you need to be moving at all times. I feel like if you had some sort of like giant like eight hour delay, how you feeling that time? You you know, dude, I I I'd spend serious money to get out of that situation unless I was like you know with the whole family, it just wasn't practical. Yeah. Um. But so so. Talk about flights, right? Um, I try to fly. So number one, get a points credit card. In fact, yeah. get two. So I have one for American, and I try to fly whenever whenever I can. Mm-hmm. And I have one for I want to say it's a Legion or Southwest. I'm not positive which one, but we get the points. And then I'm also signed up for those. So always sign up for points right away. But the credit card, I got a lot of first class flights for free, dude. Mm. And it's worth it, you know. Especially for me, like I, I'm six one, two hundred thirty pounds. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not super wide, but if I get put in a regular seat by somebody that is, you know, bigger than I am, I'm offended. I'm pissed. Because why should you spill into my seat because of your life choices? You know, I really, I get mad about it because, like, the seat's already uncomfortable, and now I have to deal with your arm and and maybe some more than just your arm spilling into my area. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So I'll spend the money to get you know that first class seat or that business. I always get the extended leg room, whatever, so I can stretch out. Yeah. And it just part of this, I don't know if it's restless leg syndrome or it's coupled just all mental with like the ADD symptoms or what. I get real punchy when I can't move around. I get punchy from wearing a suit because it's a little bit more constricting on movement. Yeah, I don't like it. I and you could say oh, that's claustrophobia. No, but I could sit in like a tiny area if I wanted to be there all day long. I just don't want other people in my environment your personal space yeah so like i always pray i'll get some like petite girl next to me that's like not gonna make a sound and like she won't fight <laughs> me for the armrest and she'll yeah. just sit there yeah you know i mean it's always an armrest battle but yeah when you get in that situation and it's like just as a courtesy like if you're a very large person and i don't judge you for it, i got plenty of friends that are large people okay buy two seats don't punish the person next to you hmm. 
Yeah. You know, oh, it's not practical. Do it. Not, but it's but why should they? When these seats are built for like a typical sized person, why should your presence make their flight miserable? I'm passionate about this. Thing. I really get passionate. upset about it. Yeah. You know, and I'll say something too. I'd be like, I'd be like, seriously, bro. Like you picked yeah. you picked a middle seat in the tightest row possible. Are you kidding me? Do you think people that like husband and wife on a on a on a row not having a middle seat, like they're on the they have the window seat? I'll do and that. The aisle seat. We'll do that. If but I but what it. about the person in the middle? They don't, I, listen, I don't want them to know we're married. Just make them seem yeah, like but all like, strangers. I, I guess that's not. A, it's a <laughs> no, problem. Just kidding. It, it's not a problem if you're not like constantly communicating with each other. Like if no, but if you're like talking across each other, I, I feel like, and we're not. We don't do that. You know what I mean? I think we're very like you know um, respectful passengers. Okay. When it comes to that, and, and like I said, like if Lindsay and I just go somewhere, man, I'm booking you know business class on points. Yeah, you know, I'm not. Points. I'm not writing a like twenty eight hundred dollar <laughs> check to go on a four hour flight. That's not worth it. It's a waste. Of, and, and even these super wealthy guys will tell you it's not worth it. But if the points difference, sometimes it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then for me, then the whole trip's better because I'm not stressed out as soon as I get there. I'm not punchy. I'm not irritated. I'm just like, hey, man, easy flight. I'm good, especially something long. I can make it to Florida in regular seating. I, I flew on Allegiant quite a bit, and they do a nice job. Yeah. For their price, they do a beautiful job. And I'll buy the $25 extended leg room, you know, exit row, whatever. And there's some exit row seats you don't want. It's a gimmick. The X row seat's actually worse than the regular on the one section. Really? Yeah, if it's one of those where it's just two seats and then to the left of you is open, so it's like the second section right as you go into main cabin in a 737 behind the partition between you and the first cabin. Not first class, but first cabin. That seat sucks because they're like an inch and a half narrower, which makes a huge difference. Inch and a half. So, the seats so it's are two seats. Yeah. So on one side, you've got three seats. They don't have an exit door. And on your side, you only have two seats because there's room to get to the exit door. Mm-hmm. Those seats are a ripoff. Because they're smaller? Yeah. They are an inch and a half narrower. I'm telling you. It makes a difference, right? It does. It does. So, <laughs> so listen, if you can do it and it's a longer trip. And it, again, now if you're comfortable, don't waste the money. Like hear what I'm saying. Don't waste the money if you're comfortable. I have like physiological issues. I can't do it. Way too punchy. <laughs> Florida's about as far as I can go. Florida's a two and a half hour flight. We're going to Vegas, bro. You can sit in the back. I'll be in the front. Do you think Vegas is an overrated place to go? Yes. Well, but dude, I'm not into drinking and gambling. Yeah. You know, like that's all. Not that I don't drink. You know, I do, but like not like when we were in college, bro. Where it was in every day. Yeah, thing. no, it's, it's not, like it's not a thing. maybe I think I had a scotch last night out of boredom because I got home so early mm-hmm. and the kids were all occupied and my wife worked late, so I'm like, yeah, I'll have one. And I kind of regret it because I'm like, ah, oh, this is gonna mess with my sleep a little bit now, like whatever. Yeah, I, 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 and gambling, I suck at. Like I might as well just give them my money. Just give your money away. Yeah. You gotta sit with me, bro. I'll teach you the ways, man. Teach me the ways of wise. Basic one. strategy, of blackjack. Come on. I, 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 I like I I get it all, but like, the house always wins, dude. True. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it's if you the social aspect. I'll sit there and not play, and I'll drink soda water or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll hang out with you. You know, there's plenty of things to look at. There's a lot going on, a lot of stimulus. Yeah. <laughs> but I just like I'm not into, especially when they jack the table premiums up, and it's like fifty bucks a hand. I'm like, I might as well just give you a thousand dollars. Right. Right. No, I just, you know, it just came to me like... Shows are awesome. You know what the most fun thing I did in Vegas was? What was that? Dune buggying in the desert. That's what I want to do, Real dune... Like like from the the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like Brad Pitt's like out and he's like covered in dust. That's Uh what I did. It was awesome. That would be worth it for me. Just that trip. Yep. Yeah. Totally fun. They have... um, They also, too, have a a Corvette owner uh, 
course out there. I heard about this. Yeah, you get like a, if you buy it. Yeah, if you buy C, I got invited out to do it when we bought the C. Right. You know what I mean? But I didn't. You know, I they have a Bronco to one too. I got invited. Oh, that's to the gotta be fun too. too. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to someone who did the Corvette course, and he said it was the most amazing thing. He was so glad he went. It was a lot of money. It was less money because he had the Corvette. Yeah, yeah, but still, like they teach you a lot oh. about driving technique and stuff like that. Insane driving technique. Yeah. Like I did things in this car. Like it just made me. Yeah, you didn't think were possible. It's not possible. Yep. So I mean, that, that, those two things I would go out there to do. But you know, the, it is a little overrated. But there's something you know, get off the the flight thing. But once you're, you know, you do some business travel or leisure travel, but. This is something I really have a problem with is is uh, sleeping in new places, hotel beds, yeah, Airbnb bed, whatever it is, rental home. Like, it's a really bad thing. I cannot like it takes me at least two or three days just to even like get somewhat comfortable in a bed sleeping. I I agree. I I mean, sleep is so important in your life. Period. It's like so underrated. Yeah. But then to go somewhere and have bad sleep, where now you've got you're a little out of your environment, it, it can be really, really detrimental. So, stuff I'll do, I'll ask them when I book the room. So again, another points thing. Okay, I always try to book with points at like Hilton or Marriott. Right. I love my Marriott Bonvoy card. Use those points up, man. I, I love it. <laughs> and there's always something. It may not be the nicest place, like the Hilton. Sometimes have a little bit more variety or a little bit more high end. But there's always a Marriott somewhere where you're going, which works out great. So I'll ask him, like, hey, like, do you know if any of the rooms have different style beds? Like, are any of them memory foam? Like, I really hate conventional spring mattresses. Okay. Dude, you'd be surprised that they know this. And they'll be like, well, if you upgrade to this or actually if you downgrade to a dual queen, the mm-hmm. queen beds are actually better than the kings because they're not conventional mattresses. I see. So I'll ask that. And then as soon as you check into a hotel, I do three things. Number one, I unpack my stuff and hang up what needs to be hung up. So that prevents some wrinkles and kind of freshens up all your stuff after it's been in transit. Mm-hmm. If your shirts are wrinkled and you need to go out, simplest thing ever, put it on a hanger, put the shower on the hottest setting it gets, and hang it in the bathroom. If you can hang it in the shower without it getting wet, do that. But the steam it generates oh, yeah. is the same as one. ironing your shirt, and it'll just kind of relax and come out. Number two thing I do is I check the pillows. Because usually they actually give you an assortment of pillows. You know, like the pillows you get, usually there's a hard one, a soft one, and then like a longer body. Yeah. People don't realize this. So they just lay down like, oh, this pillow sucks. Check all the pillows. <laughs> and if you don't like purposes. any of them, you can say, hey, can I have a stiff pillow? They'll usually give it to you. Wow. You okay. know what I mean? And I, I prefer like a medium pillow, not soft like a cloud that doesn't work for me and not hard to where like my back hurts. But like this medium happy place I usually get. And then number three... I always check the sheets. And I got this from like a TV show a long time ago. I un- I don't like my sheets tucked in. So as soon as I get in, I untuck yeah, them. And I go through, I peel them off, and I look at all the crevices to see if there's any little black friends in there. Ooh, yeah. That's you know a what big I mean? one. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't oh. want to have bed bugs, dude. No, and that I would check it. That would ruin your Yep, I absolutely check it. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the same thing with the sleep. I feel like out of all the hotels I've stayed at or rental homes, this and that, I can probably name under a handful where I actually got like a really great night's sleep right off the bat. Yeah. You know, and that's like, it just, it just takes a while. And I actually did find out about that. I <laughs> kind of researched this a little bit, but there's like, I think it's like an instinctual thing. Like you, this is like caveman stuff. If you're sleeping in a new place, like your instincts are like to be a little bit on guard. I, I believe happens. that. Yeah. Cause you, you're not totally comfortable with the, I completely agree. And that has a, like a taxing toll on you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I, yeah, so I mean that that I mean that's interesting, but like I, I, you don't think of yourself as like you know you having these caveman instincts, but they're still there. 
you know. Hundred percent. It's it's like primal. You <laughs> it's I mean? primal. Like, you can't get rid of that. I mean, they can be dulled, right? You know I mean, but they're still going to be there. I think you know, and this is something you know in the future. Like, take advantage of that uh, hotel gym right before bed. If you if you do like a seriously hardcore workout, yeah, like, so that you're physically tired, you're physically tired, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna fall asleep. Yeah, and I, I you know I talk, I don't know if we talked about this in the last. This might have been the the bad recording episode where we didn't mm-hmm. get all the data off it. But, you know, being physically tired is so much different than being mentally tired. When mm-hmm. you're mentally tired, but your body's still trying to, like, exhume energy, whether it's by cramping and you have to keep stretching or whatever it is, that's the yeah. worst. But, yeah, you're right, man. If you get that physical burn in, kind of slow everything down, boom, much better way to fall asleep. Because it, it can ruin your trip. If, you, if your sleep's off, it, it's like... If you're if your it's for business, off. if it's for business, you're oh, trying to like it. close a deal or something yeah. like that. Like you're you're screwed, man. It, I mean, it affects me and my work. Every if I don't get a good night's sleep, I feel like I'm just I suck the next day. You know, I, I agree. So, I fully agree. That would be a really bad part of traveling, but um, but now I thought since you've gone through some of your a lot of your tips already, um, well, do you have any more tips for the for the audience here? Any really big traveling tips you can go through? Business or leisure? I mean, the, like wear appropriate attire to get through the airport. You know, like something that's easy to slip on and off. Know where your electronics are. Like just one plan. Second. One second on the attire. Yeah. Now, you want to look casual. You want to be comfortable. But do you think you get maybe easier upgrades if you look professional? I don't think so. No? Because I've asked for upgrades in Crocs and like sweatpants. Okay. And I think I've actually gotten more than showing up in a suit. Maybe they just felt bad for you. Could be. I'll play that card. <laughs> Dude's in Crocs. Let's put him in somewhere yeah. else. Get Let's get him out of Gen Pop, right? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I mean, literally, I love wearing Crocs to travel. I got these rainbow ones now, right? Ooh. They're called Solar Flare. And they're so cool. You know, so obnoxious. And, like, it's something I would never have worn before. But yeah. you know what I mean. You don't care anymore. You don't care. And uh, we're, we're people past are like, thirty-five. We don't have like, to be cool, cool shoes. I'm like, thanks, man. You know? <laughs> we don't have to be cool anymore, man. We don't have to. I agree. Do that. I agree. I thought my kids would think I'm cool, and they don't. So and then, then after that, it's like, who cares? Let me let me do this then. Yeah. Let me go through some of my tips. I, I noted down. See what your thoughts are. Give on. us the tip. My big thing is uh, this is something you got to be careful. Is, is you got to have good eating habits. Let's say you're. You mean you don't have like stomach issues? That yes. So don't eat the burritos at like the breakfast stand in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Keep your normal routine when it comes to eating. But like, if you're a frequent business traveler, I feel like if you're not careful, you can gain weight very easily. And you're just because you're always traveling, you have an excuse like, oh, I'm traveling, I just got to eat. Oh, yes, yeah. You know, but um, it's just good to plan ahead, like you know, and and find. I think something that's really useful is if you're staying somewhere for a while, like find. A grocery store immediately. Don't get in a routine of just ordering out every day. You know, that's a major thing that very few people do. Right. And room service, biggest ripoff. <laughs> it is a big ripoff. Room service is so expensive. Yeah. Um, one, one thing, I, a couple of years ago, my company sent me to Tampa. Bro. My company sent me to Tampa for to work at one of their branches for up to two weeks. It was like close to two weeks. Okay. And like, this was a time in my life where like, I... It was not. I wouldn't say I was strapped for cash, but like I was. Like, money was tight. Money yeah. was tight. A roommate moved out. Like I was paying everything on my own. It was like kind of. And now you're not even there. Yeah, <laughs> it's not there. And like they were like, oh, so you know, you gotta. We're gonna give you a forty-five dollar a day per diem for food. You yeah, know, it like, doesn't go far. And 
No, but like I had to like make it work because there was no there's no extra coming. I was Got like, it. And I had this like theory. It's like as soon as I get off the plane, like find the they had a Win Dixie down in Florida. You probably seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I like went Publix. to Win Dixie. Yeah. I loaded up on like a lot of like the snacky like breakfast stuff, like stuff I can eat in the morning. And then like I had just a couple meals planned out throughout the week, like with that stuff. But I had to really like maximize what I was spending for dinner and lunch. So I, I like I mean thought about this. I'm like, what? It was at the time like Applebee's. You can order like the two for twenty entree. And you get like an appetizer, you get two entrees, a dessert, and it was like cheap. And I would like just order two dollars, like two entrees, and that would like last me for my lunch the next day, dinner. Like I was like maximizing here and there. And it was the, like, the, what was it, two for twenty deal? Yeah, it was like yeah. two for twenty. You know, you get some pa- pack one up and eat one there. Like the fiesta lime chicken, whatever, yes. whatever yes, great meal they what, had. Yeah, yeah, steak and broccoli. I would just have like basic meals, but like that's another one. Yeah, you're hitting all like the highlights there. And it was just a great way to like just plan ahead, like use something like, you know, you don't want to spend all your time. Like I found it really annoying having to like go out for every single meal on a trip. You know, it's like oh my God, I love I love eating out. We, we're foodies. We love eating. Yeah, food. but like if you just find yourself like it's annoying, like especially if you're working too. Like, you know what my go to is in those situations. Like the diner, like the the yeah. one that all the senior citizens go to because they're all on a fixed income. Right. Breakfast is still like eight bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, lunch is twelve and dinner's eighteen. Yeah. You know, right there's your forty five <laughs> bucks. You're set. You know, and and you can get enough variety do where it's not all garbage. Like you yeah. can get that black diamond steak for eighteen bucks. You know, and you can get it with a um, you know side of vegetables, yeah, broccoli. Yeah, you can get like the cold club sandwich, which still has some carbs on it, whatever, but it's not atrocious for you. Yeah. And then for breakfast, you can kind of you could do if you want to go healthy, you can get like the cantaloupe, you know, I mean, or whatever. Or if you want to get the typical like Berks County meal of bacon, home fries, <laughs> and eggs, scrapple. Yeah, exactly. You know, so like diners are kind of my go-to when I okay. like when we went down to Florida. Every time I went down there, dude, I was eating at a diner. They probably got good down diners down there. They though. do. It was called it was called Sun. It was Sunrise or Sunshine Diner right on Cocoa Cocoa Beach, like mm-hmm. right where you came across. I probably ate there four or five times. You know, in in over the course of four or five trips, like again, they're only a day. It's like boom, breakfast down there, fresh squeezed oranges. They had that cool orange machine that like rotates them through. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> awesome. You know, and in and out, and, and I'm telling you, with the tip, it was seven bucks. Oh, let's see, and it was That's it was like a fair tip. It wasn't like here's a dollar. You know? Right. Was, I think the meal was like, you know, four, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, because I think that. You could go seriously wrong with how you eat on vacation. Like if it's a if it's a leisure trip and you want to try like you want to try different restaurants and new foods like that's what you do. That, that, that's oh, yeah, do do it up. Like go yeah. to that cool Mexican place that's going to be eighty bucks for two people to eat at. Yeah, but check it out. Yeah, check exactly. it all out. Get yeah. it all in. But like you know, for if, if it's a trip, like you still have to be careful like what you're eating. You don't want to like ruin your stomach for the whole day and like no, and I uncomfortable. That, that's exactly. And when I go like when I was going by myself there or just taking a friend along just so I had somebody to travel with. Like like dude, we were cheap. Yeah. And then when I went down with my wife, I think we spent like, dude, we probably spent a hundred bucks a night going out to eat, mm-hmm. you know, but then it was, it was like, Hey, let's, let's really show you what this area is about versus, Hey, I'm just here to check something out. We ate good in Outer Banks last year. Yeah. And that wasn't horribly priced. Yeah. Wasn't bad. There was, uh, we spent, had, spent we, a lot of time at Mulligan's. Yeah. <laughs> Sushi. Sushi night was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't bad. So yeah. And w- one thing like, uh. You know, if you're if you're business travel, I'm picturing sushi night, when, <laughs> watching the Outer Banks in the Outer um, Banks of that movie room. So with like sushi everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I, I passed out in, in a theater room with 
sushi with a, all with like chopsticks in your hand yeah. and a tray of sushi on your chest. Oh, it was brutal. It was a great <laughs> night. Honestly, it was a beautiful evening. <laughs> How, how, how else would you want a night to end? That's right. And um, we learned that Outer Banks is or Outer Banks is not the place to be in February. No, no, no. Like, unequivocally, not the place it to be. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, this is some more, more of like a business travel thing. It's like if you go somewhere, you have to do at least one thing besides sit in a conference room or a meeting or something like that. Like I feel like if you go, like there's a couple places I've gone where I feel like I've seen the hotel room and, and maybe like it. a conference. I've room. done that. I've done that. Yeah, and I think it's unavoidable sometimes, just time constraints. But like, I feel but that's like, why you know what the problem is. That's why people then go sit in a bar, as just something to do and watch some stuff. So like, you have to find something else to do other than that. You can yeah. always go for a walk if it's somewhere nice. Yes, like it's really nice to, to walk around in Florida. You know, especially given the time of year. Right. But like, I'm sure you've got our you have other like hit list ideas. Like, boom, if I'm there, instead of sitting somewhere drinking, I'm going to do X. And I don't mean the gym at the hotel either. Like, do you have like another go to thing? <laughs> I think, like, it, it just, uh, I mean, I hate to say sightseeing, but, like, you, you know, if you go to, like, I don't, I don't know why, doing, like, an activity, even if it's, like, something you're familiar with, you know, if you're... <laughs> go to the driving range. Driving range. Okay. Or golf. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah rent, a golf, rent a golf club. Yeah. Hit, hit some balls. Yeah. Yeah. I did that by myself, too, because I was like, well, I'm so bored, I have to kill four hours. I'm like, oh, the driving <laughs> range. Yeah. You guys rent clubs? Yeah, we do. All right, cool. I'm in. I'm not like a big history buff, but like even just going seeing something that's like a mon- like even if you, it's 15 minutes, going checking out some like monument or some type yeah. of like structure, you know. Done that numerous times, especially yeah. when there's an ocean. Like I like to see the ocean. So like when we went to um, Turkey, we went to Istanbul and Konya, and they had like a port there. Yeah. And I only saw it because like when we drove in, I'm like, is that all water? Yeah, it is. That's that's like the I don't know what ocean to see it is, but I just kind of want to walk over, see all the ships that are there bringing cargo. It was just cool to do because you could get a lot closer. Like. Here at our ports, like you can't walk into the port, dude. They got port security. They're like it's like seagulls and like random dogs that are actually friendly running around. And you <laughs> could like walk around. up to the edge of the dock. Yeah. And the big ships are right there. They didn't stop you. Yeah. That's right. When you went to Turkey and asked me to go two days before you went. You missed out, bro. You should have went. I did. And you know what's really funny about that is like I have a friend that I don't think you've ever met him, but he only like if I say I'm hanging out with you, he says, Oh, you're hanging out with Turkey because like one, it was like right after I talked to you and like I was just like you called me out of the blue, you're like, Listen, I'm going to Turkey like tomorrow. You wanna go? Get get your stuff I'll ready. Pay for your ticket. <laughs> I'm like, throw it off. I'm like, I got work tomorrow. I don't know what to do. And like my friend like talked to me right after I was like, he's like, Oh, what are you doing this week? I was like, I might go to Turkey. My friend just called and asked <laughs> it me. It was a cool listen. I would it was a, it was a really cool trip. It really really cool and you know the the most interesting thing, which was the best thing about it and the worst thing about it, was that we went during Ramadan. Mm. So even those that don't hardcore, you know, practice the, the Muslim religion, they didn't eat all day, bro. So from sunrise until sunset, they ate nothing. So a lot of people get kind of hostile and irritable, and oh, you'd man. see this. And then um, at the end, every night, it's a huge party. That you made it to sunset, and then like I mean, it's their their food's so awesome, dude. Mediterranean food's incredible. Oh, I mean, the the donna and the kebabs and the chicken and the the heavy cream and like the um they have this like uh, it, it's like milk, but it's a lot thicker, but it's not like kefir where it's like drinking yogurt. But I mean, just so many good things. And I ate all this different food that I was never exposed to before. Not one stomach issue. I mean, oh, it's yeah. good, clean food. It was awesome. <laughs> I know we got we got hit up that uh that kebab place again soon we could 
down on Linden in yeah. Allentown here. It's it's called um, Anatolian Kitchen or Anatolian Diner. They do a fan, they, and that food is exactly what it tastes like overseas. Yeah. I mean, they do a fantastic. You can job. tell it's authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do a really great good. job. Yeah, we we always end up talking about food. I feel like. Yeah, and, and that's you know that's why I'm 230 pounds instead of 189 <laughs> and everything else. We're but getting down, man. We are, now we're working on it. That start my diet starts on um, on Sunday. Sunday. Sunday's the, the healthy eating diet. What's your first healthy? We're meal? gonna we're gonna attempt to go like I'm not like hardcore keto, but there's so much stuff you can eat and remain keto. So I'm just gonna try and avoid carbs and sugar for week one. Okay. Um, and focus on like bell peppers, chicken, meat, cheese. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There's a lot of vegetables you can eat. Stay away from the crackers, the bread, the sugars, the the coke. You can drink Coke Zero because it's true zero. Um, yeah. It won't put you out of keto. You can have uh, another thing that's not bad. If you just if you have like that little sugary craving, which you can't have sugar. Um, I just tried sugar zero sugar ginger ale, and I think it was by Schweppes. Oh. Dude, it was really good. Like you almost don't notice the difference. I couldn't believe it. And I'm a big fan of like the um, like the lime seltzer waters or whatever they're called. Sure. Mineral yeah. waters, yeah. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, so you kind of get like that little bit of pizzazz, but you don't keep it too boring. Health tips. Yeah, exactly. so when I'm week. totally miserable next week doing this podcast, <laughs> it's because I haven't eaten anything that I yeah. really wanted all week. But. I'm gonna. I think that would be interesting. You just don't eat, and you get as irritable as possible. We talked about doing mind. that fast, and they say like after day three it gets easy. The first yeah. two days, well, the day two and day three are the hardest. Okay. That water fast, you can only drink water. I'm willing to do three days, man. Yeah, but you're, you're just right, four, like... Four, four. Well, four, then you might say, hey, you know what? Five and six ain't so bad. I'm not really hungry anymore. I think if you make it to that point, you might as well keep going. I don't think I'll ever not be hungry. Whatever. Well, whatever, dude. Listen, you fast. <laughs> well, you, I'll just, I'm not doing it unless you you're do doing the it fast, me. and I'll just ask you the questions. And no, no, I'm, like, I'm not answering that. <laughs> you're just going to be the most irritable person <laughs> on this like, No smiling whatsoever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of – I only had one more uh, kind of tip here, and this is – like I compare this with a story, but like it's maybe like we're so bound to technology now with traveling, like the check-in story. You yeah, have. yeah. But um, even just being like a little low-tech with some things, I think if you're going somewhere and meeting somebody like a business trip or friends, maybe – this sounds really low-tech, but keeping like a small notepad with like a phone number – some like important stuff, maybe an address where you're going. Because I, what what happens if you lose your phone? So so you know what I do. Um, whenever I book tickets, I back them up to my cloud, and I know the username and password. I so, see. so if my computer. phone dies, I can get to anybody's computer, log into Microsoft, and I can get my pa- like what copies of my passport, my driver's license, That's travel smart. insurance, like where I'm staying, my hotel reservation, the whole nine yards. That's really smart. Yeah. yeah. So I always do that. So there's actually every trip I've gone on, I have backed up to my server. That's that's one way. Yeah. Because like, I, listen, <laughs> I've gotten to the airport and my phone's been dead. Ugh. And I found a way to charge or some. I was like, dude, can I just charge this real quick so I could screenshot this thing to get in? And like, people are just like, yeah, bro, like, here, no problem. Yeah. I get it. And now they have charge stations everywhere. But I was in that situation. I'm like, never again. Because like, like you, if it's on your phone, screenshotted, you're not logging into your phone to get it, especially if your iCloud didn't back right, up. Right. You just need to, yeah. Yeah, your SOL. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's what my story is. I, I had a bachelor party in Myrtle Beach and uh, it was just me flying down. I was meeting up with everybody and, uh, I had like a five five a.m. flight out of Philly, and my idea was to like stay up all night and drink until I have to go to that flight. Bad idea, <laughs> horrible idea. So I got my friend to drive me down, and he gets so he he drops me off, and I get out. Of, I'm, I'm I'm already late. I'm late for t- like I'm just running through, and I I get through TSA real quick, 
and um, like, oh, I must have put my phone. I left my phone right in the car. Shut up. And he just, I, I look back and he speeds off. Vroom. And he's gone. So, he, like, I, I have to make a decision to my, like, my, my, I need to get on my flight in 20 minutes where I can stop and, like, you know, track him down, get him back here. I just made, I just so did it. So, were you able to do it at the kiosk? No, to, I just I'm kind of on the flight. You got on the flight. I just got on the flight. That's what I'm saying, though, but you were able to get, print out a ticket at the yes. kiosk to do it. Yes, yeah, at the like, time. You're like, hey, screw the phone. They'll send it to me later. You know what? I had something printed out already. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I had actual papers printed. That's out. what my parents still do, and they're so and they wear like a necklace, and they have it like like a tucked lanyard. in with the, like, the oh, papers here. Like, hi, I'm so it's you. I didn't have that it's, so it's, much. Like it's when you're when you're ten years old traveling by yourself, and it's like the the agent helps you get to like the other parent across the oh, you know, wow. and then once you're over seventy, I feel like they do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they turn into children. My parents are so funny. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and, and I feel like that, and I just, the only way I was able to get anywhere on that trip was I had the piece of paper, for, I had the tickets. Yeah, you had it printed out. But I wrote, I wrote down on the, on the piece of paper the address of the golf course of where everyone was going to be when I got there at that time. Oh, so yeah, if you need it, you knew where to roll to. I knew yeah. where to roll to. Yeah. I knew the name of the hotel, and like, if I didn't have it on there, like, I'd still be down there walking around, I feel like. I'd go out and, I'd be like yeah. Where the hell... Like I had to like ask people on the I had to ask people on the plane to use their phone and like remember my friend Walt's phone number and I'm called like it was like I had to like use my dude resources. you have my phone yeah it, you, so but you know bad. what though it's it's one of those things like when you're really gen- and I've helped people out like this because I get it um, but if you look pretty normal like not and just non threatening yeah I'm pretty sure like anybody in travel mode to help you out like they do all these. These things like these tests, like these, what do they call like human tests to see like oh like we're gonna pretend to like grab this kid and see if anybody reacts and they have like a hidden camera. And they, well, they do that same stuff with, like somebody that just like needs something. Yeah, it's like I'm always like it's like hit yeah, dude here like who do you need to call? Here's my phone. Like you know fine, don't try to run away and I'll probably block you. You can't get away if you're holding my phone, but I'll let you use it. You <laughs> if you know? say don't let don't run away, they won't do it. I don't think they will either because then like, oh this guy's on it. He's on it. Like, he's on I'm, your schemes. I'm pretty fast, man. I may look big, but I'm fast. <laughs> yeah, I like those ones where like you put somebody in inconvenience and then they hand you like a thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it, yeah, but yeah, that, that, it's just that was the worst. That was a bad experience, but like I had to use boomer resources. Right, but you like, figured paper. it out. I figured it's, it's it just out. like a, like a map. Like so many people don't know how to read a map. Like I have a map in every one of my cars. I like got a road atlas. And I know how to use it. Now, again, yeah. why do I know how to use it? Because you have to learn how to like navigate when you get your, your pilot license. Yeah. So I, I learned a lot more about using a map then than I just like little tricks and like making it super easy. But again, like if, if you were like, hey, I want you to get to California. All I'm giving you is a book and a credit card for fuel. No problem, bro. I'll, oh, I'll be there. Yeah. yeah, no problem. I can do it. That, hey, that's how it is. Yeah. Just let's hope if you do that, you're not half wrong. <laughs> you're not half wrong either, man. <laughs> Until next time. Yeah.